You are listening to the Jewel City Podcast. In this podcast, we are coming together for Autumn Revival 2021. Our special guest today is Pastor Darren Powell from Maranatha Fellowship. We've got a great preacher in the house, and his wonderful wife. His wife and I, we come from the same home church. Tammy, I was thinking just standing there, our families go back probably 100 years, and that's truth. Our parents, our grandparents, uh, was a big part of the Enterprise United Methodist Church. Some 34 years ago, Pastor Darren, he wasn't a pastor then, he walked in Enterprise United Methodist Church, and I can say I don't believe he was a God chaser, he was a Tammy chaser. And the Lord touched his heart. Back then I had a gospel band by the name of Jewel City Quartet, and it just hit me. And I asked him, I said, hey, Pastor, I think at one time you was a sound man for Jewel City Quartet. And he said, you're right. That is scary, I'm going to tell you. I know we were just seated, but stand and make welcome the man of God uh, with the word of God for tonight, my friend, Pastor Darren Powell. All right. Praise the Lord. Now just give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. He's worthy of it. He's the one that we're here for. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And also, why don't you give the great man of God, the pastor of this house, Pastor Robert Shingleton, a great big hand. He and his wife love him. Appreciate him. Um, he, um, he, he told, a, you may be seated, he told a lot of truth uh, up here. I, I was a Tammy chaser. Uh, I was, um, I chased her and, um, uh, it was her and her family that eventually led me to the Lord. Um, I was thinking when pastor Robert leaned over and said, Hey man, wasn't you the, weren't you the, uh, sound man, a jewel city quartet? And I said, yeah. And he said, that's scary. And I said, yeah, but one great thing about your pastor is he is always looking to find a place for somebody so that they can get closer to Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't for a, a man by the name of Robert Shingleton, I don't know if I probably would have ever started preaching. So uh, I'm thankful to be here tonight. I honor your pastor. Uh, I, I want to thank him for the privilege. Thank all of you for coming out. Um, I want to thank my wife. It is truly a joy to wake up beside of her every morning. Robert, I am still a Tammy chaser. I, I still chase her. I love her. I chase her every chance I get. Um, I'll leave that alone. Uh, and uh, I, I need to, uh, I do. Listen, we've been married for 33 years, and I still, I, I'm still falling in love. I, I really am. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I don't want to embarrass her much, so I'll leave that alone. I, I just feel like I don't do this, but I'm going to ask all of those who came from Maranatha Fellowship, if you would stand, I just want to see you, because I probably won't get to physically see you or recognize you, all of you that came. Thank you for, for coming. I know I saw, where is, uh, there, those are two radicals right there. You want to watch those two right there. But I want to thank all of you for being here. It is a privilege to be here. And I'm going to get right into the word if that's okay. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. I want to preach to you uh, verses 1 through 7. And I'm going to warn you, this is only the second time I'm preaching with new contacts. So... My memory is not what it, I used to not have to have notes. I used to just be able to preach. Uh, I, I could preach uh, good without notes for about 10 minutes, Robert. Remember that? Rob, Robert's a trickster. I don't know if any of you know that or not, 
But one time when I was a sound man, they asked me to preach. We were out in Ohio. He and Homer Ham were at Homer Ham's church, and Homer asked me to preach. And uh, Robert knew that I struggled to preach longer than 15, 20 minutes. And, and he could preach for an hour and a half. You know, he's kind of long-winded. And, uh, and, and so anyway, I w- I'd really struggle. And he said, no, Darren, he said, this is the deal. He said, you have to preach for at least 30 minutes. Or Homer said, you can't preach at all. I said, man, I, I, don't, I don't know, Robert. And he said, he, he said, Baron, he said, you got to preach 30 minutes. He said, you think you can stretch that out? And I said, I, I don't know, man, I'll try. He said, well, try. Homer never did to say that. <laughs> and I'll be honest, Rusty, sure is good to see you, brother. I don't think that I'd preach 30 minutes, but I usually don't have that problem now. Second Kings chapter four, verses one through seven. I, I want, I want to... Um, Speak a word to you tonight that uh, through brokenness, betrayal, and a lot of pain, God's taught me several lessons. See, we think many times that when we start serving the Lord, that we're so special in the Lord that we won't have to go down a path of brokenness, betrayal, that could lead to bitterness and anger. But what you have to understand is that if you're ever really going to touch the hem of his garment, somewhere along the way, you're going to be betrayed. You're going to get broken. You're going to get hurt. But in the midst of that pain, God will bring a healing and anointing upon you that cannot come any other way. And through that, God gave me this. God will always use what you have left to launch you into your future, not what you've lost. So the question I have for you tonight is this, is what do you have left? It's amazing to me how much we really focus on what we lost instead of what we have left. We like to talk about what we lost not what we have left. We like to talk about the hurt, the pain, the bitterness, the betrayal, instead of how good God has been. Oh, I can't get any help, but I'll go ahead. Listen, I can get in hot water, but I still know how to swim. It's amazing how we always magnify what we lost instead of what we still have left. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, verse 1, we find a widow. She had lost much. She had lost her husband. She had lost all of their their money, their wealth. She was now in debt, and she now lived in fear of losing her two sons. That's verse 1. Tell your neighbor she had lost a lot. And then in verse 2, it says, So Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then she, then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all of your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And then you, and when you have them come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Verse five. So she went in from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come right now and you would settle down in the midst of this house. And Father, I pray that you would give the words that you once spoken. 
Father, I pray that you would give the right words, the right time and from the right people at the right place to do the perfect work that you desire to do. I thank you for it. And I ask it in Jesus name. And everyone said, amen. Verse two, the prophet asked her, what do you have in the house or what do you have left? Her response was, well, nothing really, not much, just a jar of oil, just a little jar of oil is all that I have. And I want you to understand, look how what she lost overshadowed what she still had. Mm, I'm going to go. Notice how she began, how she had to begin to see things differently. COVID has jacked this nation up. We see things differently than we did before, and we need to get back to seeing the things that we, the way we used to see it. Remember what freedom was really all about? When you didn't have to be concerned, mask, no mask, uh, 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 or, or vaccine, no vaccine. Can you understand the enemy is ripping the church of God apart through division, and he's using a, he's using a vaccine, a virus, You have to begin to see things differently. The only way that happens is when God begins to shift our thinking, when he begins to renew our mind, when he begins to touch us and we begin to see what we've never seen, hear what we've never heard, move how we've never moved. She said nothing but an old jar of oil. And at some point, you have to get your eyes off what you've lost and get them on what you have left. Get them off what you've lost. It's gone. Let it go, Elsa. It's dead. Bury it and get your eyes on what you have left. See, I have a feeling I, have, I know who I'm talking to this evening. I come into a place where we dress real good, we smell real good, we come to a nice sanctuary with fancy chairs that when you get up, And we can come into a beautiful saint. Listen, I, I very rarely do I ever get a pull onto a church ground that looks like this one. I don't, I don't want to try to set one above any other, but there is a spirit of excellence that is on this property, upon this house, because it's upon that man that unlike anything I do, I don't see it real often is what I'm saying. And, and you are blessed to be here in this type of a church. Go ahead, go ahead. But as nice as it is, I have a feeling that there might be some brokenness in the house. There might be some people who've lost some things somewhere along the way. Maybe you've lost some stuff. Maybe you've lost something or you've went through something. Maybe you've suffered a setback or you lost your marriage or you lost your career, your position or your health or your wealth or maybe your dream or maybe things didn't quite turn out the way you thought they would. Can I get an amen? amen? And I know what they always say. The greater the battle, the greater the blessing. The bigger the giant, the bigger the victory. And yes, and I want to throat punch you right now. I'm just being real. I don't know if you can handle me being real, but I preach real. 
That's okay as long as you're the one saying it, but when you're on the other end, when you're broke and you're down and you're all been betrayed, you're like, you say it one more time, I'm gonna jack you right in the jaw. I'm a saved man, but I'm still a man, I still hurt. And what they failed to tell you, what they failed to tell you is, is that the long-term cost that would take of battle after battle, of letdown after letdown, and betrayal after betrayal, they never warned you about that. It doesn't make you carnal, it makes you human. But what you have to understand is you've got to have a shift in your mind because as long as you have your eyes on what you've lost, the devil has you defeated, somewhere along the way, you have to allow God to get your eyes back on what you have left. Tell your neighbor, I still got something left. Focus on what you've got left and what God launched you into your future like you've never experienced before. Yeah, but I got less now than I did. So? Sometimes God has to cut some junk off of you. I'm, ooh, careful now, careful. I know it never it has never happened here, but sometimes when people leave, it gets a little lighter. Well, it doesn't happen here at Jewel City, but just let me say it for sake. Yeah, but the numbers look good. Numbers ain't everything, baby. Because let me tell you, I'd rather walk in the joy of Almighty God, the peace of Almighty God, and the unity of Almighty God than to have all kind of numbers and be weary and broken down and worry about who's going to betray you this week and who's going to cut you. Maybe I am in the wrong place. Look what the prophet asked her. Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Prophetically speaking, the house represents self. It represents, in this case, the widow. Prophetically, a house represents an individual. Nothing, uh, nothing in the text represents prophetically emptiness or empty. Oil, prophetically, represents the Holy Spirit or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So let me ask the question this way. What do you have left? Nothing. I'm empty. I have nothing left on the inside of me. Well, except a little bit of an anointing. Oh my God, I don't carry what I used to carry. I don't operate the way I used to operate. And all I got left is just a little bit of what I used to have. When I used to have a lot, she said, now all I have is a little bit. I lost more. My God, somebody, God's going to help somebody tonight. I've lost more than what I have left, is what she was saying. She said, I have just a little anointing left. Just a little Holy Ghost left is all I got. And sometimes you go through seasons where you feel like you lose your anointing, where you feel like you lose some of the Holy Ghost that you used to have. But what you have to understand is what do you have left? Do you have just a, a little bit of anointing? Do you have just a little bit of the Holy Ghost left? Because I want you to understand the Holy Ghost only comes one way, baby. Load it down. It don't matter how much you got. He comes one way. You can buy a car called the base model stripped down. 
the Holy Ghost only comes Cadillac Escalade, baby. He don't have a stripped down version. Tell your neighbor, say, I got just enough left. I got just a little bit left. <laughs> See, the devil won't tell you that when he's got you down, kicking the guts out of you, telling you you've lost. He won't tell you you got a little bit left. It's only when you reach the end of your rope, holding on to the knot for your dear life, that Holy Ghost said, I still got you. You still got just a little bit left. Oh, I'm telling you, I feel it in here tonight. I got just a little bit left. There was a time. Ask your neighbor, what do you have left? This thing rolls around. Lord have mercy, I'm going to hurt myself. I just realized that. I thought I was getting dizzy in the whole platform. He, he, I didn't realize I was as old as I was. He gets up here and said, 34 years ago. I said, my God, I'm old. It just now hit me. I'm just now realizing it's moving and I'm busy. And... Can I be real with you? See, we preachers, we don't like to be real because we got to be 10 foot tall and bulletproof. We can't have mistakes in our life when we can't have kids who aren't perfect. <laughs> ah, just meet mine. <laughs> but my kids are real. And I'm proud of them. And I love them. And by God's grace, I will not turn my back on them. Woo, I love my kids. They've given me grandkids. And grandkids are worth having kids for if you can make it through without killing them. Kids, it's hell in the hallway on every turn and grandkids are perfect. I don't understand that. But we preachers, we can't be real. Because if we're too real, people will leave us. Oh no, I'll just, I'll just preach it. It's a truth. Because if a pastor's really real with all that he go through, some people puts them on such a pedestal or expects them to live up to such an expectation that it's unobtainable. And we preachers, we get caught up trying to live to that standard and live by that, 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 that uh, a standard of, 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 of being able to be accepted. And before long, we get tired and we get, we get weary. But we can't show that either because we got to be on our game all the time. But there was a time that I went through. I went through some stuff and I wallowed around in, in, in self-pity and I got stuck and caught up in depression. A pastor? Listen, we pastors, we're a lot like everyone else. We go through high moments and we go through low moments and sometimes it's high high but sometimes it's low low sometimes pastors will find themselves curled up in a fetal position in their bed crying out for dear life but you'll never see it because we can't be that real 
But if we can't be that real, I could never preach a message to you. What do you got left? Because you see, it's only when you get that far down that God lets you know just what you have left and how he can pick you back up and put all that brokenness and all that mess and all that thing that you never thought would make anything again. Only God with your little bit can make a masterpiece out of it. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout to the Lord and I got stuck in depression and I got caught up in fear and self-doubt and I began to look around and say my God I'm losing more than what I got left there's no way it'll ever be anything again and as long as the enemy could keep my focus on what I had lost he would rule my future but somehow, somewhere along the way, God was able to shake me. God was able to get his hand on me. God was able to turn my thinking around and begin to show me, maybe you don't have as much left as what you wanted to have left, but the little bit you got left, I'll take you into your future. I'll show you things that you've never dreamed of. If you just get back up and get your eyes on what you have left. God will always use what you have left. I reiterate this. God will always use what you have left to launch you into your future, not what you've lost. Tell your neighbor, I still got just a little bit left. So the house represents the widow. Nothing represents emptiness. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. And now we find empty vessels. Vessels always represent prophetically people. Oh, I love this part here. Notice there were empty vessels, but the widow had the oil. There was emptiness all around her, but the widow, who had just a little anointing, just a little want to, just a little fight left. Mm. Verse three, then the prophet said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it. What is it? what you got left. Pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went in from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. It's almost over. Someone's crying. I can hear it. What the prophet was telling her, I love this. You bring the emptiness of the community into my presence and what you have left will fill the emptiness in your community. And you know, Pastor Robert, I got to thinking about that when I was, I think I was in the hotel room. Man, I, I've, been, I've been studying, I studied more on this message than I, I usually study on a message because I was coming to Jewel City. It's like homecoming. 
coming in here. I was so overwhelmed by all of you coming up and hugging me and loving on me. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to respond to all that. But coming here is like coming home. You know, I was thinking, this is really, Jewel City was really where we got our start in ministry. I was your associate pastor for about four or five years. He, he wanted to cut my head off then, but I'm thankful he's inviting me back now. Associate pastors, they're, they're painful. Amen. Amen. <laughs> except, for the one, except for the ones that's here from Maranatha. You guys are glorious. You guys are glorious. But he said, he was telling her, bring the emptiness of the community into my presence and then pour what you've got left into them. And I was thinking when I was in the hotel room that that's what Jewel City Boulevard is really all about. That every time the community drives up Jewel City Boulevard for a soccer game, a softball game, a basketball game, a funeral meal, or anything, you are inviting them into his presence. You are inviting the emptiness of the community into his presence, and you're just pouring out. Mm. Notice that she poured out what she had left in the empty vessels. Those vessels represent people. Notice the vessels didn't belong to her. They belonged to her neighbors. I like this. They had the vessels, but she had the content. Oh. See, you see yourself as nothing, but you got some content that needs to be poured out into some emptiness around you. I'm telling you, I, I know who you are. How many of you have loved ones that's not saved? How many of you have neighbors not saved? How many of you have those, those, those uh, loved ones you, you, you just like to not have? You, you... It makes you normal. We all got dysfunction in our family. I'm the ringleader. That's me. And we pray for them and pray for them and pray for them and don't see anything. No, you don't see what you want to see. But it doesn't mean that God isn't working. You just keep pouring it out. You keep loving. You keep loving. You keep loving. I don't like them. You keep loving. I want to throw a punch. Keep loving. They just betrayed me. Keep loving. And sooner or later, you may not see it in your lifetime, but one day on the streets of gold, <laughs> you, you go, you're going to see him walk up to you thinking, oh my God, how in the world did he? He made it because you poured out. Oh, somebody give God praise right there. That's just good. Let me move on. They would have never experienced their fullness or the content if she hadn't used her stuff. Yeah. If she hadn't used what she had left, that little bit that she had left was just enough to fill all of the emptiness around her. Verse five said, and she poured it out, what she poured out, what she had left. I'm almost finished. When you pour out what you have left, it isn't some cheap, generic anointing. 
When you pour out what you have left, it's an anointing that comes through brokenness and betrayal and suffering and refining and refusing to quit. Let me tell you, let me tell you where you're at this evening. What kind of church you're in this evening. And you think, oh, he doesn't know. No, I know what kind of church I'm in this evening. Because you paid a price to be where you are this evening and still be standing. See, it didn't always look this way. I remember down the old Chevrolet garage. I remember on his birthday, my son dressing up in a Barney the Dinosaur, uh, Barney the Designer Dinosaur costume, giving him flowers on his birthday. I remember the altars were made out of two by fours. There's a price to step into what you step into every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. I know what kind of church I'm in tonight. I'm in a charismatic church. I'm in a growing church. I'm in a healthy church, a risk-taking church, a changing church, a persevering church, a church that faces adversity and keeps on going. And because of the willingness to pay the price, you carry something that doesn't come cheap or easy. You carry an understanding. You carry a thankfulness, a trust, a faith, a shout, and a joy. Why? Not because of what you lost, but because of what you still have left and what you walk through. That's what kind of church you're in this evening. You carry an anointing. You carry a transformational anointing. Oh, I'm going to go ahead. <clears throat> That's why when you're out in the community, where do you go to church? Jewel City. Oh. Am I right about it? Oh, I know. I know how it is. Because Maranatha gets the same deal. Don't even have a clue who we are. Oh, you go to that church. That's a good sign. Because it means somebody's talking. And the longer somebody talks, somebody's going to get curious. And you can only have so many services. You can only have so many Easter programs. Only have so many Christmas cantatas and so many this and so many this one's in and that one in. The sooner or later, the curiosity, yeah, going to get the cat and they're going to come in and experience what you have left to pour out. It's inviting the emptiness of the community into his presence. I, I, I'm finished. I would say this, if you don't have anything moving in your life, it isn't because the anointing isn't there. It's just because you've stopped pouring out. Because I remind you that there was nothing moving in the widow's life until she began to pour it out. It was sitting on a shelf, but nothing moved. Multiplication didn't happen. Supernatural didn't happen until she poured out what she had left. You're asking God for supernatural things. You want to see blind eyes open. You want to see the dead raised, but you won't go into a morgue. You remember Mona? You remember? We went to a morgue one night. I'm not messing with you, man. See, you don't know. 
I remember our friend died. She was in a motorcycle wreck right up here on 19. Severed the artery right there in her leg and she bled to death. And I remember not long before, is it okay if I'm down here on the floor? I remember not long before someone died and she said something to, to somebody at the church about, hey, maybe we should go pray for him. They said, I'm not going to go pray for him. She said, well, I hope that if I die prematurely, I pray somebody comes to the morgue and prays over me. She left behind three kids, single mom, Holly. Man, she was a woman of God. Um, she carried the fire of the Holy Ghost around. I mean, he, Jesus loved this woman. Hey, Joey, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I remember she died. I looked at my wife and Tam said, what are you going to do? I said, what do you think I'm going to do? I may look like a fool, but I'm going to go. When's the last time you've been to a morgue? You know what keeps us out of a morgue? Fear that it won't happen. Well, I'd rather take a risk and it not happen than live in fear of not going in because thinking, well, it might not. And I remember we went in and we got there to the morgue and the people looked at us and said, you, you, you what? I said, I want to go in and I want to pray for my sister. I want to pray that God resurrects her right here, right now. They looked at me like I was nuts. I am half nuts, but only half. I still got half that's not left. And that's what I'm pouring out to you. And he said, you, you, you want to pray? I said, yeah, I want to pray. So we went in and prayed and we, we prayed and we prayed. Nothing happened. Scotty prayed again. Nothing happened. Kept praying. I said, God, it isn't over till she's in the ground. And I remember, I remember, Joey, Joey was our worship leader up there at Enterprise, and, 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 and we had the visitation, the funeral, everything there to church. And, and Joey, Holly was a little bit of a jokester too. Joey, of a morning, he was the first one there, and he'd go in, and he went in, he'd open the door real easy because he knew that if resurrection happened over the night, she was going to jump out behind the door and scare Joey. That's what he knew. And we prayed, and we didn't see it. Oh, no, we did it. We poured out what we had left. And I've never seen, no, I, I, I've never seen this before or since. Holly was a nobody in just about everybody's eyes. She was an unknown. Hardly anybody knew Holly. Holly Sears, hardly anybody knew her. But as, the, as we were, we were, there were two 1% motorcycle gangs at her funeral. You don't know, I better not go there. That doesn't happen without war breaking out and fights and blood everywhere. But Holly was able to do it at her funeral. Oh, that's supernatural right there. We're going up through Shinston and the funeral procession and the entire streets of Shinston, the sidewalks of Shinston was lined by people holding signs about how much they loved Holly, how much they appreciate. Because she poured out. She didn't love conditionally. She loved unconditionally. Pour out what you have left. If nothing's moving, it's because we're not pouring out what we have left. Once she poured out what she had left, the kingdom began to move because she poured out and what she poured out launched her into her future. Pour it out. Pour out what you're anointing. Pour out your gift, your calling, your testimony and watch what God will do with it. Some of you would say, Pastor, I, I'm empty tonight. Good. You're at the right place. You're at the right place. God desires to fill you just the way that you are.
You don't have to do a backflip. You don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to run around this place 10 times. All you have to do is to be hungry enough to receive what he has to give you. All you got to do is just ask him for it. My God. I remember, is somebody going to come up and sing? Or I'll just preach all night. I remember it was, it was um, Adam Perrine. I love you, Adam. I remember when he was a little kid, we'd go down in the basement of his house and he had a little keyboard down there when he lived over here beside the funeral home, had a little keyboard down there and he, I'd listen to him uh, sing the Kingsman, Kingsman, Kingsman song. Anybody remember the Kingsman? Yeah. 10 people, yeah, 10 people. <laughs> Carry go. <laughs> Carry, come here. You're scared, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> for the longest time, you have prayed for transformation and to see the power of the Holy Ghost fall in unprecedented ways. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know that that transformation is on you. That the simple fact of your desire of wanting it causes you to carry it. It is upon you to distribute to the empty vessels all around you. You may not see it the way you want to see it. It may not manifest the way you thought that it would. But when I came in this house tonight, I saw a platform of people that part of the transformation they've experienced is because of what you, daughter, has poured out to the empty vessels around you. About 10 years ago, it was when, uh, when we, were, were, we were getting ready to move down to, to Maranatha and uh, I, I went down a, a month earlier. I was preaching for, for Pastor Wright the month of February because he was in uh, Florida on, um, on a vacation. He was down there the whole month and I was filling in for him those Sundays. And, and one, one Saturday afternoon, my wife and I, we were in the car and we were traveling from the hotel to the church. I was going to study or do something. I don't remember what it was. We were going up, was going up Route 60 and it was raining. And, and, and as we were going up Route 60, it was raining all around, you know, and, and this guy was walking up the sidewalk and he walked right out in front of us and he was carrying a McDonald's bag. And as, as the rain had hit that McDonald's bag, as, as he's out right in the center of our lane, remember this baby, right in the center of our lane, the bottom fell out of that McDonald's bag and he lost his French fries and his chicken nuggets or whatever was in there. And, and, and as he's walking, he, he felt it let go and he looked down and he kind of hesitated. I'm thinking, oh no, don't do that. And he just kept on going. 
And, and I slowed down and he just kept on walking and I ran over his french fries and chicken nuggets and don't get down on me, you wouldn't have time to stop either. You won't even stop for a dog, let alone chicken nuggets. And the bottom fell out of that bag and as I went over what he lost, now you gotta get this. As I ran over what he lost, Holy Ghost said, go fill it back up. So I turned the car around. I don't even know where I'm at in Charleston. I had, I, I had no idea. Route 60 is all I knew. I'm going up this one side road. I finally find this joker walking up the sidewalk. He's still holding the bottomless McDonald's bag. No joke. He's still holding the bottomless McDonald's bag. And I said, hey, man. He said, hey, man. The bottom just fell out of that thing. I said, yeah, I know. I saw it. I was a car coming up. He said, man, he said, I lost it all. I said, I know. I know. But, but I said, God. God told me, Sarah, thank you for being here tonight. And, and, and I said, the Holy Ghost told me to come fill it back up. And I handed him like a $10 bill. He said, dude, he said the bottom fell out of it. I said, yeah, I know. But if you go back to the source, they'll give you a new bag. And my little bit my little bit of what I gave him was enough. It was enough to fill it up again. And my sole purpose of being here tonight is this, is God just let my little bit pouring out just be enough to fill somebody up tonight that's just about to give up. I know, I know the bottom fell out of it. I know it's gone. The bottom fell out. But the little bit that's in this room tonight, it'll fill you back up. It'll fill up what you lost if you'll just take the step gave that guy $10. That $10 didn't do anything till he went back to McDonald's. My God, this is new. It was only when he went back to the place of the original feeling that he was able to get filled back up again. It wouldn't have done him any good to cry and worry about that french fries and chicken nuggets in the road. That wasn't going to do a cotton picking thing. But it was only when he had enough to fill it up that he went back to the source and said, hey, would you do it one more time? If you'll just go back to the source tonight. I'm stepping out by faith. Everybody stand to your feet right now. I, I believe this. I'm stepping out by faith that if you just step out of your seat and make your way down to this altar and say, God, I don't know. I don't know for sure what I got left, but the pastor said that I've got something left tonight that if I'd pour it out, you'd fill it back up. if you just take that step, I believe he'll do it. Now listen, listen. 
You may not see what you want to see or the way you want to see it, but it doesn't mean he isn't filling. It doesn't mean he isn't working. You saw it tonight in Carrie. I'm telling you, I heard, I heard the Holy Ghost say she's desired. She's tried out after and I've poured it out, but it isn't manifesting the way that she thought that it would, but it's there nonetheless. Whatever your need is tonight, I'm going to ask you to come right now. If your soul needs saved, you come. You need to rededicate your life to it. You come. If you've gotten a little bit cold, a little distant, if you've poured out and poured out and poured out and feel like the bottom's falling out of it, he'll give you a brand new, he'll make you a brand new creation if you just come tonight. If your marriage, if your marriage is a mess, I don't want anybody to know yeah, that's part of the problem. Stop living in Fakeville. I'm not saying you have to tell everybody, but let light shine on it. If your marriage is in trouble, I want you to get around this altar right now. If marriage isn't what it used to be or what you desire it to be, come on, right now, get around this altar and say, God, I want my marriage whole, I want it healed, and I want to walk in true, passionate love again. If you need a financial breakthrough, whatever it is, you come now as they sing and ask the Lord to fill it. You come now. I love it when uh, when God confirms things. Uh, I've been, normally I never get up and speak after a preacher. I'm not about to try to preach his message. A lot of preachers do that. They don't know how to shut up. But I need to share the confirmation. Um, Pastor Kerry and I had conversations this afternoon along the lines of what he spoke over her. She's a leader. She leads by example. And sometimes she and myself, we don't see. And sometimes we you know, get a little discouraged. And uh, I needed to hear from her today, and I think she needed to hear from me. And she leads by example this afternoon she's in the kitchen preparing a meal for the ones that are at work to come here tonight and she's been faithful for over 15 years and i was able to encourage her through that this this team would follow her anywhere because she leads by example and then i was able uh, your message tonight I've been pouring into people for way more than 28 years that I've pastored here. And it's been a rough year. And I've been hearing that voice, do you have anything left? We had this discussion today. It just happened in my office. And God has a way of filling you back up when you don't even see it coming. And he brings somebody that has history with me. Because it's been a rough year for me. Been a rough year. But I've never been alone. And all he needs is a little bit that I have left. 
That's all he needs. That's all he needs. So I appreciate the word because it was definitely an on time. My wife knows we've talked the last few days. You know, what direction do I need to go? And when there's nothing left, nobody will have to tell me to leave. When that season comes, somebody else will be ready for the mantle. But I still got a little bit. A little bit. A little bit left. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thanks for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Share it with your friends, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube.